Hi, my name is Peter Mo, and I'm from Tourism Ireland's Nordic office in Copenhagen. Today, we'll be talking about Cork and its rebellious past. And we have the perfect person with us here today to enlighten us on this. Dara Burke from Rebel City Tours and Rebel Tour Cork. Now, Dara, you're very welcome to our show today. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your connection to Cork? Thanks, Peter. Um, so, born and bred in Cork. Um, I lived in Cork for the first 20, pretty much for the first 24 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Then after college, I um, I got a bit of the wanderlust. I wanted to go and see the world, as you do. So I moved to Korea. I, I spent a year working in Europe in Irish bars. And then uh, I moved to South Korea. And I spent okay. about seven years in South Korea running a small web business. And then about three years backpacking the globe. Fair. So you've been around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I travel as uh, I don't I don't travel as much these days, but um, I've seen a lot of uh, I have a lot of stories. Put it that way. Fair enough. But what uh, what brought you back to Cork then? I think Peter, once you hit a certain age, you know, when I was younger, I I wanted to explore the world. I didn't necessarily want to stay in Cork. And then once I got a little, once I got a little older and a little grey in my hair, uh, I didn't want to be anywhere but Cork, kind of thing. It's a nice city as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a lovely city. A lovely walking city, actually. Friendly people, great great things to do, and uh, everything's in the centre, so you, you can't complain. I love Cork. See, that's lovely. But I'm taking it Cork has a, a different past as well, because uh, well, we're going to talk about the Rebel City. So why is Cork the Rebel City? So Cork has been known as the Rebel City since... Um, the story goes back to the 15th century, actually. The War of the Roses in, um, in England. Mm-hmm. Cork rose up against the English king based on the story of a French conman, uh, Perkin Morbeck was his name. And this particular Frenchman came to Cork. He was like a silk merchant. And he came to Cork and convinced the local um, aristocracy that he was the king of England or the, <laughs> next in line to the throne. Okay. And so the Duke of York and uh, the the Cork seniors, the citizens in Cork, rose up against the English king. And uh, long story short, Perkin Warbeck was tortured to death, and the king called Cork the Rebel City. Okay, so that's um, I guess that's the start of the story for Cork then. Absolutely, yeah. And then um, during a mu- much later, about uh, five hundred years, maybe four hundred years later, um, during the Irish struggle for freedom, the Irish War of Independence. Mm-hmm. Cork County and Cork City were hotbeds of trouble for the um, British Army. There was okay. a lot of rebellion in Cork, a lot of military actions against the army, and uh, Cork County became known as the Rebel County. So the Rebel City and the Rebel County. Fair enough. And are there any like notable historical figures or events that exemplify this rebellious spirit that you then must have, considering you have double the name in, in both county and, uh, and city? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. There are there are so many, too many figures to talk about. But um, ones that I will mention: the Wallace sisters, up to around nineteen twenty during the Irish War of Independence, when Ireland was fighting for its freedom against Britain. The Wallace sisters were the spy masters for the rebels, for the Irish. They were the spy masters in Cork City for what was then known as the Irish Republican Army, and. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the eyes and ears of the rebels in the Cork city, and they got away with it for so long because um, the British army just never considered that two women could possibly be running an intelligence operation in the city. 
Okay. And did they have a big impact on on anything in terms of the the fighting or they had a huge impact yeah so this would have been um guerrilla warfare like hit and run tactics and the mm-hmm. uh, guerrilla war is run on intelligence essentially of course yeah so the wallace sisters would have been running their intelligence hq right under the noses of the british army in the center of cork city uh, they were quartermasters they would have been in charge of the weapons they would have been hiding uh, fighters in safe houses and they were not last but not least they were running, uh, recruiting, and handling spies all across the city. So when you said spy masters, you actually meant basically they were running Cork in terms of the rebels. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Lots of people in Cork knew exactly what they were up to, um, Peter, but no one, no one betrayed them. Okay. There is. I'm what actually. It's funny you mention it because um, I'm running a petition online at the moment to get. Uh, there's no memorial. There's, there isn't even a plaque in Cork City to remember these two sisters. No, um, all there is is a piece of uh, graffiti in the center of the in their old he- abandoned shop, which used to function as their intelligence headquarters. And this particular um, piece of graffiti reads, uh, "A woman's place is in the revolution." So, um, what I'm doing at the moment is I'm running a, a petition on Change.org, and the petition is um, I'm going to hand it into the city council, and I'm trying to get a plaque for these two heroes of the Irish struggle yeah, for freedom. Uh, so we're at around 500 uh, signatures at the moment. So I'm hoping to get a little bit more. And do you remember what the petition is called? Uh, well, yeah. If um, if people Google Wallace Sisters petition, the uh, the page on change.org will come up. Okay, perfect. Just... No, but that sounds fantastic. I think uh, anyone who's interested in the Wallace Sisters history should go in and check it out and... Uh, if you feel like it, you can definitely sign up for the petition. It'd be nice to have a memorial to, uh, to some strong women who basically ran a revolution for a county. That's incredible. Uh, as you said, quartermasters and, and recruiting and everything. That's like, wow. So, yeah, uh, these two, um, Nora and Sheila Wallace, uh, Peter, they yeah. would have had nerves of steel. And they definitely. would have been under daily, um, daily mortal danger. Yeah, definitely. But I'm guessing there have been a lot of characters then in, in Cork's history that have uh, exemplified their spirit or a similar spirit. But um, how has this how has this re- reputation of being a rebel city then influenced the city's culture or identity? Does it have any influence today? Uh, absolutely, yeah, Peter. Um, now, many people, many local Cork people call Cork the People's Republic, People's Republic of Cork. It's okay. kind of like a funny name. We also call ourselves the real capital. Okay. Cork has always had a rebellious spirit. And just to dive back into history a little bit again, Cork would have been fighting much of the rest of the country during our civil war, which was directly after the War of Independence, which we've talked about already. Cork would have been taking on much of the rest of the city for the simple reason that we didn't want to take the treaty that was that was given to us. But uh, yeah, Cork has a long history of being rebellious and being single-minded and independent. Okay, so it is definitely, well, as you said, the People's Republic of Cork. It's still definitely something you can feel in the city spirit today. Uh, Oh, absolutely, yeah. Cork has always been completely independent, completely... um, The rebellious spirit has been going on, has, has been ingrained in Cork people for centuries now at this stage. 
Hmm. Everything we have so many rebel heroes. I talk about a little bit. I talk about them on the rebel tour on Rebel City Walking Tour at uh, rebeltour.corp.com. But um, we have so many. We've a rebel past, and uh, the people of Cork have rebel blood. Fair enough. Fair enough. And if you want to experience this, well, rebel blood and rebel past, if you're visiting for the first time, let's say. What are the top places or experiences you would recommend to get a sense of the city's rebellious character? I would recommend going to Cork City Jail. Now, mm-hmm. Cork City Jail, the, the museum, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, now, I recommend going to Cork City Jail. It housed a lot of female prisoners during the rebellion. Now, the, without the huge contributions of women during the struggle for independence in 1920, that war wouldn't have been won by Ireland, by the Republic. So um, the history of the history of the female struggle is hugely important. The jail talks a little bit about goes into Cork City history and talks about the history of Cork and the the struggle that the people went through. Tells the story of the struggle of the people. So even it it even goes back. There's exhibitions that talk a little bit about the famine and um, it's a great it's a great insight into Cork local character. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking now is. Isn't Spike Island also? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Peter, Spike Island would also be a good place to go. Um, it's an island off Cove, just in Cork Harbour. I know Spike Island has been a navy port, a navy fort, a barracks, a prison, and at the moment, it's um, it's an exhibition it's, and a museum. Yeah, visitor experience centre. Yeah. Yeah, Visitor Experience Centre, absolutely. Now, you have to get a boat to go out to Spike Island, so it isn't open year-round. It was recently awarded um, one of the top destinations on TripAdvisor. Really? That's fantastic. Yeah, a few, maybe a month or two ago. Um, it's it's received some uh, top-of-the-line awards, so it's definitely worth checking out. Fantastic. I didn't know that, but that's fantastic. So, obviously, then, you can experience the, the rebel past in, in, in the prisons, and the museums then, but is there anything else that has a connection to the rebel past? Like, you know, for if you just want to experience something else than a museum, what else could you recommend, for example? Okay, well, um, I won't forget to give a shout out to my uh, Rebel City walking tour where I tell tales of heroes and villains from Cork's rebel past. But there are pubs in Cork City that uh, are definitely a must-see. Okay. Now, there's, there's one in particular... It's uh, it's called the Mutton Lane Inn, which is um, just off Cork's main street, on a, in a laneway down um, near Cork's main street, Patrick Street. Mm-hmm. Now, Peter, the Mutton Lane Inn is special because it's Cork's oldest, Cork City's oldest pub, and uh, it was it was built in seventeen eighty eight. And now, uh, seventeen eighty eight. I don't know. Do we have many? Um, so, what was happening in the world during seventeen eighty eight? It was the year that the U.S. Constitution was ratified by the nine states. Okay. Did you know that one? <laughs> no, I did not know that one. <laughs> no, um, it was also the year um, that a British fleet sailed into Botany Bay in Australia and founded a penal colony. Okay. So it was the founding, um, the, the year that Australia was founded. Okay, so, so pivotal year. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're from Australia or from the U.S. or you just love history... You should check out the check out this particular pub in the Martin Lane Inn. But why? Because it it. Well, it's as old as Australia and as old as the U.S. Constitution, pretty much. Fair so, enough. from a history point of view. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Um, if you're into that kind of thing. Definitely. So we have a bit about uh, museum, well, prisons, experiences or experience centers, and, uh, you know, pubs. But what else can you think of that kind of uh, exemplifies Cork and its experience? What should you what should we visit when you're there? Okay, so the, the, the next point of interest or attraction, Peter, is another daughter of Cork City, mm-hmm. uh, a feminist icon. It's called. It's a museum in Cork called Nanonagel Place. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was to introduce Nanonagel, I'd introduce her like so. She was an 18th century female CEO type. Back in the 18th century, women had so few choices in society. Now, Irish Catholic women had even less. So Nanonagel was um, uh, fighting injustice, um, smashing the glass ceiling, to give you a little bit of context, Nan O'Nagel lived during the penal laws in Ireland. Now, the penal laws were very strict anti-Irish Catholic laws yeah. brought in by um, the English king. And the people of Cork were reduced, the Irish Catholics in Cork were reduced to poverty during this time. And Nan O'Nagel turned her back on a life of privilege in France. She was an Irish person, but she, she had emigrated to France. She came back. She started teaching young Irish girls back in a time when it was illegal to teach Irish girls or Irish people. And um, she went on to found an order of nuns known as the Presentation Sisters. Now, when I say she's like the female CEO type, this order of nuns went global. Okay. And uh, yeah, I've uh, I've had guests on the Rebel Walking Tour from Australia, Canada, the US, who have been female guests who have been educated in Presentation Sisters schools. Okay. And it all started in uh, it all started in Cork with Nan Nagel. So she's like a local Cork hero and legend and feminist icon. Okay, so I'm sensing then that the rebel city and the the, the rebel, rebellious spirit is not just then limited to let's say fighting the English. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in, in no way is it in any way um discriminatory towards any particular um nation there are also english heroes during this time uh people who english soldiers who die heroically trying to save their comrades and the tour uh, i'd like to talk a little bit about this particular period in history from both sides okay so actually can you describe the tours that you offer and what can you expect when you go on one of your tours rebel city tours Okay, so the the tour it would be I'd best describe it as uh, tales of heroes and villains from Cork's rebel past. Okay, Peter. So if you want to understand Ireland and you want to understand the Irish and Cork people in particular, mm-hmm. you have to understand Ireland during its formative political years. Much of what we see in Ireland today, our main political parties, the partition up north, our democracy even stems from just this very short period in time from 1919 to 1921 where when Ireland won its freedom and Ireland was formed politically much of the Irish character was formed during this particular period so this is the period that I examined during the tour and it's done in a kind of a it's it's told in a story format it's light-hearted and fun and entertaining so it's not really um it's it's, it's not all doom and gloom I don't tell history no, no, absolutely not, absolutely not, Peter. Um, it's it's all story based, and it's about having fun and entertainment. It's not your average history tour. Okay, so you do get 
a better, let's say, you well, basically what you can take away from your tours is that you will have a better understanding of the Irish people through their past and the formative years of the Irish well, Republic, I guess. Yeah, um, a, a lot of, some of my guests have uh, Irish ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And um, for many of them, they say it's kind of joining the dots in their history and their past. Uh, So they would hear stories, rebel stories from relatives at home in their home country. And they just want to know where this comes from, where these stories originate. Okay, so you also kind of help a lot of people with Irish genes, Irish ancestry to just understand their ancestry then, kind of understand the stories they've heard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So provide provide context to um, people who've always hear, heard stories of Ireland and heard stories of Rebel Cork. And uh, I kind of explore what these stories meant to the local people and, you know, just provide context to those. Uh, those seeking it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's perfect. So it, it so you can, I'm guessing like as, as so I don't have Irish ancestry. But I would still okay. be able to come and no experience and better understand the people of Ireland, understand the history, understand what led to and how the the recent history was created, as in, if you want to say, the, the Republic. And if I was, for example, an American, uh, I would get that, but I would maybe also be able to under, better understand, you know, my Irish heritage that I you probably have if you're coming to Ireland as a, and exploring that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so much of in a socio-political sense, so in society and politics, much of what we see in Ireland today comes from the is is a direct result mm. of the treaty we signed in 1921. Uh, very much our politics. So, to give you an example, our Taoiseach, which is like our prime minister, and yeah. um, he came out a few months ago and said that uh, civil war, our war of independence, civil war, the the this time period war of independence politics is dead um now what he meant by that is that these this was political speak for saying that it's not dead at all our main political parties stem from this period and they're still going on about this particular um division in irish life Mm. and of course uh up in northern ireland so much of this division stems from this so much of the ethnic conflict and, and you know gratefully yeah. now it's not violence anymore but the ethnic conflict up north is stems a lot from this particular period so um yeah, of course. if you can understand ireland during its formative political years you can understand much of what the irish are going on about these days <laughs> well not as much these days but uh definitely up until uh, the mid 90s i guess oh yeah well you know thank god now everything is uh, there isn't um any violence in the north but um, there's still the um, there's still the political division down north and south. Yeah. That and this political division stems from the War of Independence and the, the following civil war, with the civil war which followed. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it seems it seems very serious subject, but really, it's uh, it's approached. I try to approach it in a fun way, you know, an entertaining <laughs> yeah, of way, course. a bit lighter way. Let's put it like that than uh, than it yeah, probably yeah, is. Obviously, there are jokes along the yeah, way yeah. too. No, but that's cool. So, uh, do you, uh, how like do you do different tours, or it's, do you customize the tours, or how do you do the tours? So the the rebel walking tour at uh, rebeltourcork.com, This has been going since January, and I've had a uh, lot. It's it's been doing really really well. 
Um, I've had lots and lots of people on now at this stage. And uh, so when I, I'm branching out into uh, rebelcitytours.com, which is like a portal for people with Irish ethnicity. Okay. And what I'm doing with this is I'm, pre- I'm producing a series of uh, self-guided tours. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, I mean, know, obviously I, nothing's going to be as good as, as having you, Dara, go through everything <laughs> with them. But <laughs> thanks, Peter. Next best thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think some some people will enjoy the the ability to just go at their own pace, and mm. they don't they they can just turn up and do the tour on their own time. So I'm I'm definitely providing that option. Now, um, at the moment, I'm putting the finishing touches on a rebel. Oh, sorry, on a a Greenway Cork Harbour Greenway cycle tour. Oh, that nice. yeah, it's going to be really special. Um, so there's a there's a Greenway Harbor or Greenway Harbor cycle in Cork, which leaves from, which starts at the city centre, and works its way out out to the harbour. Um, Cork is one of the world's la- largest natural harbours, and it looks out onto the Atlantic. Along the way, we have uh, pirate castles, Cork's most famous out- indoor market, um, a maritime museum, uh, an area of outstanding local beauty and wildlife. Okay, so definitely so, um, a lot to experience in Cork. Let's put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I would agree with you there, Peter. And speaking of that, like, what's your favorite? Well, I mean, you've mentioned a lot, but what's your favorite thing in Cork? I would say it would have to be the Greenway. The Greenway. So uh, the Greenway, the Cork Harbour Greenway cycle. What is it? Sorry, what is a Greenway? It's uh, also uh, a Greenway is like a cycle path, mm-hmm. uh, a pathway through. In this particular case, it's along the harbour. It's um, a specific cycle path along an old, um, unused railway railway line. Okay. And it's built specifically for uh, cyclists. Okay. So the path is about, uh, I think it's about 13 kilometres there and back. And it heads out past all the sites I mentioned to a very sleepy Irish village called Passage. Okay. That sounds... Uh... Passage West. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. But that's I'm get, so that sounds lovely though. Like cycling along the coast, cycling along these tracks, scenic route, past many experiences. That's great. But I also see the point of like doing a tour in the city, and then the self guided tour is fantastic. I mean, you sound like you've uh, you, you're doing a lot, and and with the plaque as well, or the the fight for the plaque. Oh yeah, so um, the. The petition now uh, is nearly at five hundred, um, nearly at five hundred signatures, and I've been talking to local councillors, and it looks like um, I'm going to announce this to everyone who signs the petition. I'll send them up an email update, but it looks like we're having some sort of uh, we're going to have a victory on that in that score, because um, I was talking to a local councillor, who um, they said they said they put on the political agenda to rename this particular street after the Wallace sisters. And um, they are going to um, put a plaque up. Hopefully, um, it's on it's on the agenda. So I'm going to be handing officially handing over the um, the petition. I think in about on maybe the twenty third. I'll be keeping everyone who signs the petition informed with video and uh, 
and fantastic. The, yeah, so I, the, it's been having a huge effect, and um, I'm very, I'm, I'm thrilled that people have been so supportive. No, but that's fantastic. I'm, I'm very best of luck. I think, unfortunately, uh, this podcast will go on, will go out a few days after, so uh, I can link in. Okay. Yeah. Any yeah, updates you, you have in, in anyway the description? The fact. Yeah. Sure. I'll put that in as well. No worries. Uh, and if so, you're curious, uh, just he- head head down to the description below in 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 the podcast description here, and you can see the update. Absolutely, uh, yeah, Peter yeah. Wallace Sisters Petition. Put mm. that into Google, and uh, it'll come up on Change.org. Perfect. I always have a set question here for every podcast, or at least I try to. So that is, do you have any Irish words or sayings you might want to share? It doesn't need to be in Irish. It can also just be a saying from the Cork area. Anything people should know or anything that's fun. Uh, okay, so on the tour, to give you a bit of context to this particular Irish phrase, now I speak Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I tell a story on the uh, Rebel Walking Tour, Rebel City Walking Tour, about the assassination of police chief known as Colonel quote shoot on sight end quote Smith now this this particular gentleman had a history in in Ireland and was well known but the 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 moral of the tale I won't I won't give away the ending I won't tell what the story is you'll have to go on a tour yeah you'll have to go on a tour (laughs) thanks Peter um Colonel Smith he he had a grudge against the the rebels in particular Mm. and I tried to make the point that if if you walked in Colonel Smith's shoes you would have had a grudge against the Irish rebels too. But the moral of the tale is Colonel is, is about the futility of revenge. Now, um, in Irish, we have what are known as, what we call an Irish shanuckle, which is with the literal translation is old words. And now okay. they are, um, they're oral wisdoms passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. And the oral wisdom, the shanuckle, I, I tell people on the tour and I think of when I think of the story of Colonel Smith and the futility of revenge goes a little something like this. Tofiok on ten rod is me kart eok. And now what this means, Peter, it means that revenge is the only debt, D-E-B-T. Oh, revenge yeah. is the only debt not worth repaying. So okay. the moral of Colonel, the Colonel Smith's to, tale is um, try not to harbor revenge in your heart because it only comes back and consumes you worse than it, um, worse than it affects anyone else. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I was saying, Peter. Okay, no, that's cool. I will probably write to you afterwards to get you to help me spell that out. But uh... That's no problem at all. <laughs> no, but that's perfect. And... Um... Final question, I guess. So uh, where or how can our listeners get in contact to find out more about you and what you have on offer? So if they, if, they, if your listeners wish to find out more, they can go to rebelcitytours.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, tours plural, rebelcitytours.com. And um, they'll find my website, uh, the portal, and then all my contact details are on that. Perfect. And I'll also leave a link down in the description of the podcast. Excellent. Thank you, Peter. So if you're coming to Cork and you wish to do, you wish to go for a cycle and off the beaten track experience, or you wish to do a rebel walking tour and immerse yourself in the um, rebel culture, mm-hmm. then uh, give us a, give us a bell. And if you don't just get in contact anyway, and uh, I, we can, uh, I can give you some advice. That's absolutely fantastic. I just want to say 
thank you, Darf. Thank you for... Uh, just thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Peter. I really enjoyed the uh, interview.